the mother cat put up a big fight and she was very feisty and they actually had to net her and get her into another box. And then they told us that four days later, we'd be able to come back and visit them if we wanted to. Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 23. Thank you for spending part of your day with me today, and thank you very much for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, the podcast has gone international. The podcast is ranking in the top 200 in its category in the United States, in the United Kingdom, Ireland, France, the Netherlands, the Philippines, and we are ranking in the top 50 in India, South Africa, Malaysia, Greece, Ghana, Vietnam, Hong Kong, and in several other countries, and I can't name them all. Now, I knew that the podcast was available internationally, but I didn't really pay attention to the rankings because my focus has always been in providing value regardless of who is listening to the podcast and where you are listening from. But seeing these numbers, I can't help but be grateful to you for listening. So thank you. Merci beaucoup. Shukran. Mille grazie. Thank you very much is what I'm trying to say. Now, on to the podcast. Now, have you ever wanted to publish a book, but no one took you seriously because you are too young? Or do you know a teenager or a young person who aspires to be an author but doesn't know where to start? I have three guests on the podcast today. Rachel Anderson is the co-founder of Sigma's Bookshelf, a non-profit book publishing company exclusively for teenage authors. Ashna and Ellie, two young authors who co-wrote a book, are also my guests on the podcast today. In this episode, my guest Rachel shares her story on how she started her company and how she is inspiring hundreds and hundreds of teenagers to tell their stories. Let's listen to my interview with Rachel, Ashna, and Ellie. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, thank you. Thanks. Would you like to, Rachel, have you introduce yourself first and talk a little bit about who you are and what you do? Certainly, I can do that. My name is Rachel Anderson. I am the co-founder of Sigma's Bookshelf, which is what we believe to be the first and only book publishing company exclusively for kids or I should say exclusively for teens. And the company was founded by my son, Justin, when he was 15. He came up with the idea after he published his first book, which is called Saving Stripes, A Kitty's Story. It's the true story of a cat family that he had helped rescue. And the story he wrote is from the point of view of the kitten he ended up adopting. And I work as a publicist. I work with a lot of book authors throughout the the metro, Twin Cities, as well as around the country. And so I, of course, took my son on as a client. I got Carol Levin, the NBC affiliate here in Minneapolis, to come to his first, or to actually his first book launch. And then uh, we got the Roseville Review to cover his second event, which was at the Barnes & Noble. And he's done a, just a lot of different events around, and I've been able to get media all of the way. I think my son's probably been profiled about 30 times or so. And one day he says to me, Mom, why am I the only kid I know with a book? Why isn't this a thing? 
and I said, well, you know, a lot of moms, a lot of kids don't have moms that know how to do these things and, and help them out. So he came up with the idea of starting a pub- publishing company for teens. Mm-hmm. And it was really important to him that it be a free book publishing company. So, of course, he volunteered me to, to kind of help out. And uh, so we did some research to find out how we could make it free. And uh, what we've done is we have found a fiscal sponsor, which is Springboard for the Arts. And that allows us to solicit uh, tax-deductible donations to help support the project. So I do all of the editing, proofreading, reviewing of the manuscripts, and working with the kids for free. My husband does all the layout, again, for free. So we don't take any salary at all. And then all of the donations that come in, we put towards the cost of the project. So the cost to bring a book to market include having to purchase the identifier numbers on the books, having to pay for the book distribution, having to get access to a graphic design program so that we can actually put the books together. You know, it's not terribly expensive, but Mm -hmm. it is, you know, several thousand dollars to be able to do this. So uh, we've turned to the community and the community has been wonderful helping us out. And our next big fundraiser is going to be Gift to the Next Day, happening November 14th. So since we are sponsored by a nonprofit, we're able to solicit donations at that time. So Sigma's Bookshelf is a free book publishing company exclusively for teen authors. The age groups we work with are, say, 13 to 19. I've had a few younger uh, kids submit books as well, and they just really weren't quite there as far as the quality of a story. A good story needs a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that's really a talent that the kids are starting to develop more so as they're getting a little bit older Mm -hmm. and getting more instruction in school. So we set the age at 13 to 19. And if they're younger, say 11, 12, and they think they've got a good book, we'll take a look at it. But just in my experience, that they haven't quite been up to par. We've turned down over 100 manuscripts that have been submitted so far. And we've accepted 14. Um, actually, I should say we've accepted 16 because we have two more that are currently in the works and should be out by the end of the year. Well, let me, speaking of that, I think uh, Asha and Elia are the two of the young writers that you did accept their yes. manuscripts for. So let's introduce you guys actually to the podcast. So I'll have Asha, I'll have you go first. Uh, Ashna, I'll have you go first. Sorry. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ashna. I'm a middle schooler at Wayzata Central. And I co-wrote the book, Throne Spirits, with Ellie. Hi, I'm Ellie Abood. I'm 13 years old, also a student at Wayzata Central Middle School. And I also co-wrote Throne Spirits with Ashna. I guess the question too is, how did you find out about Rachel's company in the first place? So Rachel goes around and talks about Sigma's bookshelf to various different schools. And she came to our school one day. So we decided we had this, like, short story that was a few pages long but we thought that if we could add more onto it we could try and get it published and we did yeah it was kind of like kind of just an inspiration moment where we're like okay maybe we have this story Mm. it has a pretty good outline but we could definitely add more to it right and that was kind of like a goal that we kind of put at ourselves like if we finish this we'll try we'll publish it and hopefully it gets accepted, which it ended up doing. Rachel, I want to come back to you for a second. So the company was started because of your son. Correct. I guess I want to learn more about um, the book that he wrote and what was the premise behind that and what motivated him to, to actually write the book. Okay. Well, Justin has been writing since he was probably, gosh, four or five years old. I have a hundred more or more notebooks at home filled with little stories where he would first draw pictures 
and then asked me to write what he was thinking. And then as he got older, he would write his own little stories. And then when he was 13, the very first story that really made sense to actually publish came along. He he and I were out for a walk in our neighborhood park and found a family of cats. They were just right at the edge of the woods. And he ran home to get a toy. And this little orange one came running out of the woods, ran right up to him to play. And so we're playing with these cats for, uh, gosh, at least 15, 20 minutes. The other two came along too. The mom kind of sat in the back watching in the, at the edge of the woods. But all three kittens engaged with my son. And when we were ready to move on, I said, okay, you ready to go? And he said to me, mom, we can't just leave them there. We have to do something. And I said, you know what? You're right. We do. And just so happens that right around that same time, one of our neighbors came along and he said, oh, I can help you guys catch those guys. I've, I've done that before. I've had feral cats as neighbor, as a pets. And so I said, okay, let's try it. So that night we put out some food uh, right at dusk and we were able to catch them all. So I got all four of them into a, another crate that we borrowed from another neighbor, not this one, but a different neighbor, jumped in and helped out with the crate. Or I guess, guess you would call it a dog kennel. Right. And then the next morning we took them all to the Humane Society. When we got to the Humane Society, the kittens, they were easy to get out of our, our box and get into a crate. The mother cat put up a big fight, and she was very feisty, and they actually had to net her and get her into wow. a, another box. And then they told us that four days later, we'd be able to come back and visit them if we wanted to. Justin had already kind of started writing a book the night that we found them. So he kind of had a story in mind already. And he wrote it from the point of view of the kitten that he fell in love with. Mm. Now, at that point, we hadn't made the decision to adopt her. We were planning to just go back and see her on day four when they were available for adoption to make sure we got pictures for his book before somebody adopted her. But I saw the look on his face and I said, you want her, don't you? He said, yeah, and we brought that one home. So her name is Stripes. So we kept Stripes, and we had another cat at home. So once he got past the part of the story where he talked about the cats being rescued and spending their time at the shelter, then Stripes comes home and gets to know Caroline. So he's given both of the cats voices. So Caroline and, and Stripes both talk. You know, I have lines in the book. And then he wanted it to have a good happy ending. So originally the ending was going to be that the cats would become buddies. Right. But then another element through fell in with the mother cat. Uh, mother cat was deemed unadoptable by Humane Society. And knowing what that meant, we got hard at work to try to figure out how to just find something else for her. Because if they weren't, mm. we didn't want her to get put down. Yeah. Um, so we found the Adopt a Pet Shop, which is uh, here in Plymouth. And I had adopted a, another cat from them a year earlier. And I called them up and said, can you guys help us? And they said, well, get her out. We'll figure it out. Originally, the plan was to take her to a feral colony they knew of, I think, out in Buffalo, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But then once they got a hold of her, they realized she was really sick and needed help. So they got her to their vet, and they spent uh, several thousand dollars, I think, getting her well. Got her into foster. And this all started July 27th of 2014. On November 1st of that year, they got her into an adopted home. And so Justin's book actually didn't come out until the next summer because he wanted to have a happy ending and he wanted to, you know, we were still working on Stripes and Caroline becoming friends. And right. so the following summer, we have released it at the Adopt-A-Pet Shop. We sell the book for $10, 100% of which goes to them as a thank you for their role in the rescue. And uh, we sold 50 books that first day at the Adopt-A-Pet Shop. Carol Levin came and covered the book launch event. And uh, subsequently, Justin's been highlighted in the media probably 30 times. 
And one day he says to me, Mom, why am I the only one getting attention for a book? I know so many other kids that are good writers, but haven't gotten the kinds of opportunities that I have. And he and I you know, decided that we were going to start up a publishing company exclusively right. for teens. It was very important to Justin to make sure that it was a free book publishing company because, you know, yeah. kids don't have the money to spend to publish a book. Yeah. If you go to a mentoring press in town, they're going to tell you 10000 to start to take you through the process. Kids are, yeah. you know, parents aren't going to spend that kind of money. So we were able to make it a free publishing company by the fact that I, myself and my husband, volunteer all our time to do the work. I am the editor, the proofreader, the person who works with the kids to get the manuscripts ready. My husband does the layout and design. And then once the books come out, we pay the kids royalties for every copy that sells, whether it's in stores, online, at events. And I'm happy to say the day that we launched Ashna and Ellie's book at their middle school, I handed each of those young ladies a check for $100. Or I think it was actually $101 for each of them. Because they did really well selling books in the very beginning when it first came out. Yeah, so each of you got $101 royalties. And they continue to get royalties, so they're adding up. You know, Since then, more monies have come in for more sales. We were just at the Twin Cities Book Festival. I think you guys earned, what, $14 each Yeah, at the Twin Cities Book Festival. Nice. And then more monies are going to be coming in when I get them from the distributor. So yeah. the plan is to just keep on, you know, if we can keep the, her book alive or their book alive, yeah. all of these books. Uh, we have Absolutely. 14 out right now. Yeah, we'll definitely dig into the, these, these books. Uh, for those listening, I have a, a number of books, about uh, 15 books or so on the table. And uh, these were all written by by teenagers uh, that were published through through your company, Rachel. Speaking of, of publishing, how did you guys get your idea for, for the story? Did you, one of you get it first and the other, or how did that come about? Um, so in, a, in about fifth grade, I wrote a short, short story for class. And it was just kind of a princess story. It was just a cute little story that I had written. But I didn't really think much of it for probably an, a year. And then one day we were kind of just looking through old stories we were doing for class, and we found it, we reread it, we found a couple mistakes and all that, but we saw potential in the And then I added a little bit on, Ellie added a little bit on, and it grew more and more until Sigma's bookshelf came and we decided to turn it into a book. Okay, so were you guys in the same classroom or was it... Uh, I moved here in sixth grade. I'm in eighth grade now. Okay. So I didn't know her then when she started. Okay. So you 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 were friends beforehand, or did no, you meet at school? No, we, we met in sixth met grade. grade. So okay. that was I added on like probably halfway through the year, maybe when we just met. So you figured out that you want to write a book. You have a story, and then how did the connection happen? Did you go online and look up? ways to publish your book or did you reach out Rachel no I went and presented at their school okay and that's when they came up with the decision the idea uh, I, I came see. to the school okay. told them about Sigma's bookshelf and they said hey why don't we do this okay and then we submitted the manuscript online and from there we went through the whole process yeah okay and how long did that take about eight or nine months for the whole entire process about yeah. probably six months writing one month between one or two months, uh, one month for them to review the manuscript to see if it was a good story, mm-hmm. and then about two or three months of editing. Okay, yeah, and we'll definitely talk about the story and what what the book is about in, in more detail. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but I want to ask you, Rachel, when you get those manuscripts, you actually, you said you and your husband go do the editing. and Well, I'm and actually the one that reads. You so actually do the reading. When they first come in, I read each and every one of them. And what I'm looking for is a story with a good beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the reason that I've turned down a lot of them is because they have way too many characters and they don't all connect to the story. Mm-hmm. There's too many perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, a good score story, like I said, has a beginning, middle, and an end. Yeah. And it's going to be told from a single perspective or maybe mm-hmm. you know a couple of perspectives. Uh, there are a couple of really good books out there, like uh, Gone Girl is really good, told yeah. from multiple perspectives. But if you notice, if you get into that book, every chapter begins with the name of the person who's talking. Yeah. Um, what a lot of the kids don't understand is that the reader's not in your head. The reader has no idea where you're coming from. You've got to put it all out there for them. So yeah. if it's going to be, you know, Nick talking, you got to, you know, let them know that Nick is the one who's narrating this particular pet chapter. And so one of the reasons I've turned down books is because it's told from just too many perspectives and I can't even follow it. Um, another reason is very poor grammar to the point that I can't even understand what they're telling me. You know, a really important thing for kids to know, or teens, you know, since we're dealing with teens, important to know is you need to check your spelling before you turn in a, a paper to a teacher. Same thing goes for a publisher. You can't expect a publisher to spend hours making grammar changes to try to figure out what your story's about. Yeah. You want it to be very polished when you send it out. And so I've started up a series of novel writing workshops that I offer. Um, I won a state arts board grant last year to teach one, and I did it through the Hopkins Center for the Arts. Um, we did, I think, five or six of them, actually, with a grant. Um, and we might be going for another grant to see if we can do it again sometime soon. Yeah, that's a good point, great point, actually. I was just thinking when you were talking about the story having a beginning, middle, and an end, and the perspectives, the POVs. One thing I thought about was uh, it would be great if someone taught kids actually how to write properly and how yeah. to write a book. Well, yeah, I'm so not teaching great, them but... how to write, but I'm right. kind of teaching them what it is that they need to have to make a good story. Yeah, so the I've basic actually, structure of a story. and Yeah, the basic structure and such. And what I've actually put together is a whole series of workshops. So I have one. Um, step one is developing your story idea. Where mm. do story ideas come from and how do you turn them into a book? Number two is character development. Uh, another mistake that a lot of kids have made is they introduce their character, but they never tell you anything about them. You don't know if they're tall, if they're short, if they're a boy, if they're a girl. You know, I mean, it could be somebody named Charlie. I don't know right. if it's a boy or a girl. Do they have short hair? Do they have long hair? Mm-hmm. What are their hopes and dreams? What are their likes and dislikes? A lot of kids will just give, give you the name of the character and then jump right into dialogue. But there's no description. That's another reason that we turn down books. Is you know, You've got to really remember that the reader is not in your head. They don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. You've got to put it all on the paper and everything out there for them to understand. And Ellie and Ashna have done a fabulous job in their book with me getting to know their character. Yeah. And yeah, um, I think sometimes uh, that may have to do with the fact that people, have, you know, kids read books and you hear, you see an author write in several perspectives, like someone like Dan Brown and writes a book that's really complex and has tons of characters and then you think I could do that uh, but I think it's great that yeah, you that's are that's not where you need to start <laughs> exactly yeah start simple and then work up to it so you know uh, like I was saying with my um, different topics so character development's one story outlining and that's kind of going along with the idea of a beginning a middle and an end so it's kind of telling the kids how to you know, kind of structure your stories you want to know where you're writing towards so that if you get say writer's block 
then you can maybe jump into a different part of your book and then go back to where you were stuck before. Also talk about getting started on a manuscript, Mm -hmm. the actual editing process, proofreading, and then the publishing options. And so this is a, something that I've done, you know, for the, through the Arts Board grant, I've offered that. And I've also gone into probably about maybe 20 or 30 schools throughout the state, mm-hmm. offering variations of that workshop. And I'm going to be doing some more for Novel Writing Month in November. Novel Writing Month is, for those who don't know, there, there's an association that does a, every other month or so. They do, I know they do, do one well, for July. it's called Ramo. It's yeah. a National Novel Writing, novel writing Month. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done it myself, mm-hmm. and it's uh, one of my books, Young Adult, actually. I wrote two-thirds of it doing that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a great mm-hmm. great thing. But what will, be, will you be doing exactly during that month? Well, during that month, I'm actually going into schools to talk about Sigma's Bookshelf. And um, in one of the schools, they've asked me to focus on the developing your story idea. Where do story ideas come from for a book if you wanted to get started on one? And at the other school, they just want me to talk about the publishing process. So what happens once your manuscript gets submitted? And so I'll take them, take the students through the steps and talk about how Sigma's bookshelf works and such. So the way it works is we invite students to submit their book through our website, sigmasbookshelf.com. We prefer a Word document, but we can take like a Google link or a PDF if that's what they have. And then we review the book and within 30 days, we'll get back to them with an answer. Our answer is either going to be, we would like to accept your book. And as long as your parents are fine with us working with you, we will bring it to the market for you for free. Or we might send it back and say, we kind of like the story, but it needs a little bit of work. Here's some changes you can make. And, you know, I'm, I'm not writing the book for the kids. Right. They need to do the work. It's their book. Um, the other option is we just turn it down and say, you know, this is just not something we're prepared to, to publish. Here's why. And if you want another shot at it, here's what you can do to fix the book. Um, I only have one child so far who has actually followed through on my advice and resubmitted. Oh. Oh. All the others have just not, not ever followed up. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a skill that you have to learn that when you get a no the first time, it doesn't mean you're done forever. Mm-hmm. It means just try again or do it better. Can anyone submit nationwide or internationally? Actually, internationally as well. Yeah. We have two books that we published or that were written by kids from Manitoba, Canada. Um, they were both 17-year-olds when they submitted. I think one of them's 19 now and the other's probably 20. Um, we have not had any come in from any other countries yet, but uh, our books that we've published are from students in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and also in Dallas. One thing I want to ask you before we, we wrap up, do you have any book recommendations? That It could be something that you read recently, something that you really loved when you were growing up, or it could be anything. could be anything. Yeah. Well, professionally, I am a book publicist, so I work with a lot of authors. And one of the new books that I, I'm working with, it's called Evidence of V. It is written by a Hamlin University professor, and it's based on her own personal story of having discovered her origins. She knew that her mother had been adopted, but she was able to trace back records and find out that her maternal grandmother had given birth at the Minnesota Children's Home in Sauk Center that is now closed. But she always imagined kind of what her real grandmother would have been like. And so she wrote a fictionalized book kind of based on that own personal story. And the book is actually launching in November. And we're going to be doing all kinds of events all throughout the state. And I just really love that. It's just very creative. The way she's taken her personal experience, fictionalized it. But 
what I always tell the kids is that the best stories are the ones that are told based on your experiences. Right. You know, in, in Elianashin's case, they've got princesses who um, experience a ghost story. Now, that may yeah. not be based on personal experience, yeah. but I can almost guarantee you there's some kind of personal touch yeah. like to the characters, characters yeah. you know? Yeah. Definitely. There's characteristics. Yeah. Like, definitely McKenna and Claire, the two main characters, are sort of are definitely both partially there's some stuff that's big like about their personality and then there's like other small details like one part they eat cupcakes and yeah it's ali's favorite cupcake and and mine favorite cupcake oh interesting so and like some of the sibling rivalry in our story is kind of based off of me and my sister so we've taken some even though it's a very fantasy like story, right? We definitely try to incorporate some of our own likes and personal interests in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, doesn't that make for an excellent story? Because it's based on your own experience, and yeah. it's easy to write. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they so s- that's my best advice: is use your own personal experiences and turn mm-hmm. them into stories. Yeah. For those who may hear this and teenagers who want to submit their books, is there anything I know you went through a list of things that you would like to see them do in their manuscripts? Is there anything else that you would want to say to them before they submit the, their manuscripts to, to Sigma's bookshelf? Share it with somebody else before you send it to me. Um, I've had a lot of uh, the kids have sent in books and I'll read through them. And there's certain things that, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious to me that they didn't ever share it with another person, that they just right. wrote it and sent it to me. The best books are the ones that have kind of multi, you know, um, feedback. You want mm. feedback from other people because they're going to give you great ideas to make it better. So before you submit your book to me or to any other publisher, mm-hmm. you got to share it with others who can offer you some perspective and right. give you some ideas. And you can take them or leave them, but you're most likely going to get some really great ideas when you share your work with others. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good, great point. In publishing, as you know, there's a the concept of beta readers and, and street teams where you give your book to to a group of people that don't know you, basically, to read it and cri- critique, critique your book. It, exactly. Same thing so, with, the, with the teens. Yeah. You know, I have had some, some kids who have told me, oh, yeah, I haven't shared it with anyone else. I just wanted to send it to you. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. However, I want you to now take this manuscript back, share it with some other people, and then send me what you come up with. Right. Um, again, the other thing we talked about earlier is proofread it. Don't just like send it. Make sure that it's been spell checked. There's a great program called Word if it has spell check on it and do it, you know? Yeah. You're going to catch the majority of your mistakes using the Word, you know, spell check. Yeah, I, I use, uh, I think I go through my my manuscripts before I even submit it for the first time to the to a publisher. I use Grammarly. I use Word, of course. Grammarly is a great one. You could use it for free. It's a free program. But yeah, that's a that's a great point. Yeah, I now, want you to know I read every single one of these books at least forty, maybe even fifty times before I publish them. Really? Yeah. I want to make sure that there are no mistakes and that they yeah. go out clean. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's uh, I think quality is is important. And now, where can people buy the book? All of these books are available at BarnesandNoble.com, okay. Amazon.com, and you can go into any bookstore and they can look it up and they can order it in for you. It's only on the sh- these are only on the shelves at a couple of different places. Um, the um, see, the next chapter booksellers in St. Paul is carrying a few of the titles. Chapter two books in Hudson is carrying a few of them. Okay. 
But otherwise, you pretty much have to either order them online or go into a store and request them. I think you noticed that our book is on Target.com. Target.com, yeah. So that's what's really nice about the way we've distributed the books is they're available through a lot of different vendors. Yeah. Um, Our distributor tells us that we can, you know, they've got books on 70 different places. So Walmart.com, I think, is carrying them as well. Target.com. I've seen them on those two websites repeatedly. And uh, we also have all of the Sigma's Bookshelf titles in the Hennepin County Library System. Right. And some of the other library systems in the Twin Cities have picked them up as well. We have ours in our school library, too. We do, okay. How was that process of getting it in the library? Was it difficult or was it more of a... Time-consuming. Okay. It was just a matter of jumping through You don't just... Yeah, you you have to actually, you know, first of all, you have to find the... You know, make a recommendation of the title, mm-hmm. and then the buyers on the other end have to take a look at it and decide that they want to bring it in. And then if the buyers mm-hmm. decide that they like it, then it gets accepted and it gets you know purchased. But right. uh, you have to go from you know as an independent publisher. I don't have a marketer who is marketing to libraries for me, mm-hmm. so I have to go from library system to library system to library system. So once I was able to get into the Hennepin system, that was fabulous because yeah. now I've got the contact in the Hennepin system. But you have to go from each to each system itself and figure out what their buying practices are and right. how they want to receive pitches and things like that. So it, it is possible, but it's time consuming. Well, thanks. I know you have to run, uh, but is there anything else you want to add before I, before I let you go? I just really hope that after people heard this podcast, we will get some more books in. Absolutely. Um, I currently have 14 on the market, two more in the works, and we don't have any others that are pending. So... We need okay. more manuscripts. So you need people to submit their books yeah, to submit your Sigma's books. Bookshelf. And um, all books that come in, the, the teens will receive 60% of all the royalties that we take in. Um, the other 40% goes back into the project. I know we talked about the book a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, talked about the, a little bit about the inspiration behind the book. What else can, I, can I inspire you to really go with that story and, and uh, make it into a, a book? I think we both we both love fantasy style books. Yeah, well, I just both of us actually love to read in general, so we thought it would be a cool thing to try something new, writing, which is kind of like something reading. Just you use your own thoughts and your own ideas. I'm guessing everyone at school knows that you guys wrote the book. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. some people know. Okay, we've done our school. We've been on our school news a couple times, and then we went. We were on CCX News probably mm-hmm. a year ago. Okay. Yeah, we've done some other different stuff around our stuff. school. Yeah. Right. Right. And how do are you guys more popular at school now, or do people come up and say, "Hey"? Yeah. Some people think, uh, call us like, "Hey, you're the author, right?" Yeah, nice. yeah. We have some teachers who are like, "Oh yeah, you're the author one." So it's like, it's kind of cool. It's a really mm-hmm. nice thing to know that like the teachers know who you know. Like they would always know who you are, but like they have like something like, "Oh, I've never had a student has that has done this before." Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of usually see stuff like that. So it's kind of a cool thing to know that mm-hmm. yeah, we did this. This yeah. is something we can be really proud of. Yeah. That's cool. And is there going to be another book coming? Well, we, we're working on another story, not related to Throne Spirits, 
the book we have out now. But it's just kind of an idea we've written. We're not that far into it. We've written probably about a chapter, but it's still in progress. Okay, all right. And where does the title come from? Throne Spirits. Yeah. That actually wasn't the original title. The original title was The Ghost of Linston because the, the, the town that the story takes place in is called Linston. Okay. But we thought that title was like too obvious. It didn't like represent the entire book. And we thought it was a little long to do for mm-hmm. a book. So we came up with this one, which we thought summed up pretty much what the book was about. Yeah. Okay. Right. And how many pages did you end up with? How- like around 40. I think it's like 45 or something. No, like around 40. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a quick read. You could sit down, yeah. probably read it in, in yeah. maybe an hour or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Are other people coming up to you and saying, hey, can you guys teach me how to write a book or anything like that? Actually, yeah. So one of our sixth grade homeroom teacher mm-hmm. who knew about us and like he knew about our books, uh, our book that we were writing, he had like a few students and whenever he would tell it to his new classes each year and we had a few people who asked us for advice. One of them, their book is actually, they've submitted it to Sigma's. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Which is really cool because the, we were, the helping them was kind of showing, like, now that we've done this, we can help other people do something yeah. similar. So now a lot feel. of people in our school are trying to write books, too. And we know, I think I know two or three other people who are trying to get their story published, too. Right. And how did uh, your parents take it when you said, I'm going to write a book? Um. They, pro- they probably weren't as serious about it because they didn't know how serious we were about it. Yeah, they're like, right, you guys are going to write a book. Yeah, I'm not sure they, um, like, they didn't know that much about the process at mm-hmm. first, so I don't really know how they thought about it in the beginning. But after it was published, I know at least uh, both of our parents, they loved the book and they enjoyed reading it. And my mom helped a lot with the editing, mm-hmm. and so, like, we would spend nights and nights editing. Yeah. And it was a really just cool thing to do. And then so you mentioned that you guys had to go and you did a couple press things. Did Rachel Canna encourage you to go out, which is actually how I met you guys. I was yeah. at a book festival and you guys came up to my booth and we were talking about your book, which I thought was a great way of, of promoting your own book. Yes. Is it everything you expected to be published, the process and promoting it? And- it was, I didn't know about like the book yeah. festival. I thought it would just be like, oh, your book is published. No one would talk about it. No one would see it. Maybe a few people would read it. So that's kind of different. Like I love all these book festivals we're doing and like interviews. and Yeah, it was a lot more ex- Expand is probably not the right word, but like it was a lot bigger than what we probably originally thought it was going to be, which is such a really cool thing because we were kind of just expecting it to be out there, right? But and like have our family and friends just buy it, yeah. But then we figured now that we know more about the process Mm. and all that, it was really awesome how much. Mm-hmm. So if someone like yeah. wants to interview us, we like we're happy to do it. We'd love yeah. to talk to other people. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I think uh, what you guys did is is I don't want to say rare, but a lot of people, young younger folks, don't don't do that. Yeah. 
they don't follow up really. And the fact that you guys followed through your idea and actually submitted it and, and pushed and you you continue to push and, you know, case in point, going to festivals and, and doing all that is great. Mm-hmm. In a way, uh, you are kind of a role model to other kids, which is, uh, I'm sure that that puts you in a, in a different position. Mm-hmm. And is it something that you're enjoying or yeah. did that oh, change yeah, your, your perspective on how you're going to do things going forward? Or? Yeah, we like to help other people who have ideas and we think it's great and they should also try and do it because like the whole idea of Sigmas is that it shouldn't just be one person. Everyone who has a good idea should be able to do it. Yeah. And, and, prob- and get the opportunity to share their book and other books with the world. Yeah. Because if you have a great idea, you probably shouldn't just keep it in. You should be able to share it. And that's why Sigma's Bookshelf is such a great platform. Because it gives teens the opportunity to do something to that do they something wouldn't normally do. do. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's great because I started writing a long time before I published my first book. I actually started writing poems in in French when I was I think I was maybe eleven at the time, and then my my father passed away when I, and what really saved me was writing my thoughts and my ideas and being creative into a, a book you know a journal first, and um, that's how I started writing and it stayed with me and it helped me actually it was therapeutic in a way, um, so. The, I know you. So you guys write mostly for for the fun of it, or do you do you find it challenging, or is it just something that you? Yeah, kind of all of it. We like first of all, it's fun because it's your own ideas, and you get to decide what happens. And then it is relaxing. It's like reading to, mm-hmm. in in a way because you're focusing on the stories. You don't have to worry about your outside problems. You. What you worry about is what your character is worrying about. Mm-hmm. So it kind of puts you in someone else's shoes. And mm-hmm. it's, I'd say, calming just to, like, be yeah. able to, like, share their story like you'd share your own story. Right. I'm going to ask you a little more about the, the characters. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned a couple of the characters. Yes. And uh, you, the, when you were writing them, how did you come up with... Who, you know, whether the character was going to be a, a female or male or... Well, in the original short story that Ellie had written, that was like the maybe half of the prologue, there were already two characters that were sisters. Uh, like one of them didn't have a name, so we came up with a name and we kind of gave the characters personalities, I guess you would say. Mm. So we gave them like age, how they looked, how they acted, and like we said earlier, some of it was based off of us or people surrounding us. Yeah. Yes, we're both very, I would say we're both pretty extroverted, so we made it so the characters were like, were, that. Were like that, and so we definitely, the characters are older than us, but we gave them kind of a... Childlike personalities, yeah. especially. That's cool. Yeah, the two main characters are McKenna and Claire Monaghan, they're both sisters. Mm-hmm. McKenna is 14 and Claire is 17, I believe, so... McKenna especially, we gave her a more childlike personality, mm. but still kept the mature matureness. The, the maturity. Yeah. yeah. Which actually ended up working out really well because that gave her a really fun, loving 
personality and all the characteristics she had was very probably similar to one of us. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, I'm glad that you guys came on the podcast. And before before we wrap up, I have just a couple more questions for you, which I, I asked, asked uh, earlier, which is, can you guys give a book recommendation to our listeners? Well, um, maybe I'll start with you, Ellie. Sure. Um, one of my favorite books is a Plymouth local um, writer named Abby Cooper. Uh, one of my favorite books of hers is Sticks and Stones, which I think it gives out a really positive, powerful message. That's something I really follow, and it is probably my favorite book. So if I had to recommend a book, that would probably be what I'd recommend because I think it just spreads a nice message. Okay. Is it a fiction, non-fiction? Uh, it's probably, it, it's more fiction fantasy. Like okay. It has some fantasy elements, but it has like a realistic fiction element too. Okay. Cool. Yeah, well, definitely. I'll definitely add that to the show notes of the podcast. What about you, Asha? Well, my favorite book of all time would be the, well, it would be a series, the Harry Potter series, of course. Yeah, of but course. I think I've read so many good books. The last, I'll just go with the last book I read. It was Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, the yeah. comedian. That was a really good, it was uh, basically stories of him growing up in South Africa mm-hmm. during apartheid, which is kind of like segregation in the U.S., but not mm-hmm. really. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the last book I read in it. I loved it. It was funny, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a change for me because I usually don't read nonfiction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, Appetite, uh, for those who don't know, is, is it was basically a system of, of separating blacks and whites in South Africa, specifically mm-hmm. uh, by the then government. It's been abolished. And then like, those are great recommendations, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Any final words that you'd like to say? Anything about the book or anything you wanted to say in general? Yeah. Well, we just really want to encourage other young authors who want to get their book published to go for it and take the chance. And even if the idea of having a published book, having your ideas out in the world makes you feel nervous, nervous or out of your comfort zone, I would definitely say go for it because it's a great experience it's a great experience and it really just makes you feel so good that you have accomplished something that most people don't do even in their lifetime uh, even at such an early age and I would definitely say keep on writing because I think writing is a really good way to not only like express your feelings or calm you down in situations but it's a really healthy thing to do I'd say for your brain because it's taking all of your stress away and giving another character, even yourself, a way to explore your personality with putting it in a different outlet. Great. Yeah, no, that's very well said. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, guys, for coming on the podcast. And thank you. I, thank you I, for I having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It was my pleasure. That was Rachel, Ashna, and Ellie. I realized when I was editing the podcast that I mispronounced Ashna's name incorrectly a couple of times during the podcast. Ashna, if you're listening, I apologize for that. I am usually very good with names, but for some reason, your name reminded me of my niece Aisha, and my brain somehow must have been thinking of the spelling of her name whenever I pronounced your name during the interview, so sorry about that. For the rest of you, 
I hope you found this episode useful and if after listening to today's interview you want to submit a manuscript and publish your own story, head over to Sigma's bookshelf where you can submit your work. By the way, I invite you to connect with me on Instagram. My handle is ojeng, it's O-D-I-E-N-G, that's O as in Oscar, D as in David, I as in India, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, and G as in George. And as always, if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the podcast, share this episode with them. That's how you can spread the word. That's how you can help others benefit from the knowledge that's being shared on this podcast. And of course, I would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you think I should improve by leaving me a review and rating the podcast. You can also go to my website, umarjang.com and click on the icon on the left-hand side. You can leave me a voicemail, a voice message, and I will be sure to get back to you and then listen to your voice message. Finally, wherever you are, thank you once again for spending your time with me and please and please stay safe and motivated. Ciao. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com. 